the VO Meter, measuring your voiceover progress. Whether you're a veteran voice actor, just starting out, or don't even know how to set a level, we're here to help you avoid the pitfalls along your voiceover path to success. The VO Meter is brought to you by Voice Actor Websites, Voice123, Studio Bricks, Global Voice Acting Academy, JMC Demos, and Sennheiser. The Video Meter is produced in part using Source Connect, made by source-elements.com. And now, your hosts, Paul Stefano and Sean Daly. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 94 of the Video Meter. Measuring your voice over progress. We've got a great episode with you today. We're going to be talking with radio imaging talent in uh, VO host presenter Scott Chambers. But before that... VoiceOver Extra brings you the VO Meter reference levels. Uh, seriously, guys, that's the best you could come up with? Hey, it's your show. So, Sean, what's been happening in your VO world? I think I know the answer, but let's talk about it. <laughs> Well, I got COVID after uh, VO Atlanta, unfortunately, probably from, from the airport because I was fine during the conference. But um, yeah, a few days afterwards, I was very, very sick and got to experience a cavalcade of unpleasant symptoms, which I'm not going to go into detail. But um, yeah, it was, it was two full weeks of it before I finally tested negative and finally felt like I wasn't sick anymore. So unfortunately, that's pretty much what I've been up to the last two weeks. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, I don't know how, but I did not get COVID. As we, I think we talked I know, about, we shared, we shared a room. room. Yeah, like... just the room. Well, and you know the bathroom facilities. <laughs> Case in the bed, but no. no. <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of amazing. Ironically, I have been sick as well for about two weeks, but it hasn't been COVID. I tested the day I got home, three days later, and then a whole week later, and they were all negative. But I've had this like nagging congestion and cough for about two weeks too. Really, my whole mm. family had it, so we we kind of knew it wasn't COVID. But it's really weird that. You know, we could be that close in the same room for three days and, and not come down with the same, the same infection. It just boggles my mind. Yeah, I have no idea what to tell you. I mean, like, we're both fully vaccinated. They won't let us get no more. So it's like about as protected as they could have been. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's just it. But anyway, glad you're, you're on the mend or at least almost 100%. Yeah, yeah. It's still, like, nagging head cold stuff, but way better than it was before. <laughs> yeah, that's good. But what about you? So I've been busy. The, the day I got back from VO Atlanta, I had a couple of jobs that I did. Um, one was an e-learning job, and one was, uh, I forget what the other one was, maybe a phone system? But that was that was good. And I just completed an audiobook with Twin Flame Studios. It's called Stress Wisely by Dr. Robin Hanley Defoe. She's a repeat client, which is always nice to have. And this is the second audiobook she and I have worked on together. We just wrapped production yesterday, and we should be publishing that pretty soon. So look for that wherever fine audiobooks are sold. And then I did a really cool video game session a, a week ago, which I haven't done in a while, and I don't think I've ever done one that's this involved. So it was a bunch of NPCs, non-player characters, as they're called in the, in the video game nomenclature. And I got to work with an old friend, someone who's been on the podcast before, and it was a great surprise. It's always great when this happens. I signed into the session on Source Connect, and the director, who I hadn't met before, says, by the way, I think there's an old friend of yours who's, who's going to be directing today. And I was like, oh, sweet. That's, that makes it even better. And it just instantly put me at ease. And not that I was that nervous. I was really kind of looking forward to it. But it helped all that much more to have somebody familiar, who was really good at it, by the way, got 
a whole lot of voices out of me that I didn't even know I had. In fact, he was sort of joking around. He said, and Paul's range grew three sizes that day. <laughs> the, <laughs> so Dr. the Dr. Seuss, Seuss fan. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> I ended up doing three or four different characters sort of background to this game. I have no idea what the game is. I have no idea when it's coming out. But I had fun being a soldier, a sort of a hitman, and some townsfolk just sort of yelling crazy things in the background. So once I know more, I will let you know more. But that's about all I know right now. But I want to talk about how I came to be involved with this company. I'm not going to tell you who it is, but I will tell you that I met someone who worked there at View Atlanta the first time I ever went in 2016. And it wasn't because I was trying to seek them out. We just happened to meet and became sort of close friends. They did, almost immediately afterwards, send my demo to this company and said, yeah, let's send, I'll forward it on, and if, you can, if we can get you hired for something, we'll do it. And then I would periodically follow up, maybe every six months to a year, and they'd say, yeah, yeah, we got your stuff. We'll, we'll be in touch. Never heard anything. And then this week, or sorry, last week, was the first time they ever hired me for a job. Six years later. So it's a great story in, in perseverance <laughs> and how you never really know what's going to come out of these relationships you make at conferences or at in-person meetings or even sessions. So always be prepared and be prepared for it to be a long time before anything comes to fruition from those chance encounters. Yeah, it's amazing how often that happens. Maybe a lot slower than you'd like, but, but be ready for it. Yeah, and it just goes back to that old saying that um, luck is really just a combination of uh, being prepared uh, at the right time. Now, what's, there's, there's, there's something I'm... Uh, there's a, sa- a specific Preparation saying. meets opportunity. <laughs> Preparation meets opportunity, yeah, that's the one. But then there's another one about just being prepared and how there really is no luck. You sort of make your own luck. Anyway... If you know what I'm talking about, hit me up on Facebook a or, bit or Instagram. Let me know. What you're, <laughs> let me know what the the right phrase is. Uh, and then I have a bunch of live announcing going on always. Uh, oh, I did my first minor league baseball game last week. The Aberdeen Ironbirds, which are an affiliate of the Baltimore Orioles, I did their opening night, and that was the first professional baseball game I announced. So that was a lot of fun too. Very cool. So that's it for our VO meter reference levels. We do have some questionable, or again, maybe some not so questionable gear purchases. Questionable gear purchase. I have something to talk about. Sean, do you have anything to report on? So luckily not, but there is something that I'm very tempted by. So our friends over at the uh, the Pro Audio Suite podcast, uh, George Whittem, you might know from VOBS, he, uh, the four of them at that podcast actually collaborated with Michael Goodman of Centrance. Uh, they did the Micport Pro, the Mixer Face, the Portcaster, like all three units which I have had and love at some point in my VO career. And now they're making a model that is VO-centric called the Passport, P-A-S, as in Pro Audio Suite port interface. It's about $700 because it's a very small run. Uh, they're only doing 100 units, and I believe there are about uh, 30 of them have already been purchased, so we're down to about 70. But anyways, you have uh, independently controlled mic outputs, or excuse me, mic inputs, so a lot of VOs tend to use two different microphones, and you actually have a mic selector button on the interface, so you can simply just switch a button and then choose which mic you want to use. It also has a lot of um, useful uh, phone patching um, or excuse me, uh, loopback features, which allow you to have in, um, excuse me, have your clients listen in 
with a true mix minus so that they can hear everything but themselves and avoid any like annoying feedback issues. So it's very portable. It's like the size, it's a little bit larger than a smartphone. And it just seems like an incredible piece of kit that's very like it's it was custom made for VO talent. So congratulations to George and the rest of the, the PAS folks on the the invention. And I hope it sells. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this myself. I don't think I'll be able to get it on this initial run just because it's a it's a bad time, Bob, like from that old uh, movie The Others with Will Ferrell and Marky Mark. But um, I, I'm really excited about the prospect of it. I talked to George at VO Atlanta, and he showed me a mock-up of it on his iPad. It was so new he didn't even have the prototype yet. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like basically all the the dream features we've been looking for in an interface especially you and i or me specifically for this podcast (laughs) it has that loopback function it has to be able the ability to have the mix minus so i think it would be good for the for podcasters as well as vo people or people that do a little bit of both and i'm really excited for when it comes out so good luck george and the pro audio suite in getting this production run yeah, it was very cool. I was actually stationed right next to George um, for, like, he was promoting his George the Tech Services in the exhibit hall at VO Atlanta, right next to Jordan Reynolds' Audio Ninja booth. So, like, he and I chatted a lot over the weekend, and we shared gear and stories. It was a lot. So, if you're listening to George, best of luck. It was great to see you. So, on the not-so-questionable gear purchase front, I have been sent another piece of equipment from a manufacturer, this time from Avid, the folks that invented and make Pro Tools. And they sent me their new MBOX Studio audio interface and mixing console. It is quite the beast. And I talked about it a little bit with my live audio unboxing, which I listened back to. It was the most ridiculous thing ever, but it was kind of funny. But let's, <laughs> Very ASMR friendly. <laughs> yeah, let's quickly go over the, the features again. It's it's um, USB connected, but also needs a power supply. So just keep that in mind. It works with both Mac and Windows. It has... Um, 24-bit, 44.1 or 48K resolution. Um, it has four mic preamps, independent phantom power on the two mic inputs, and all the inputs are combo, XLR, and quarter-inch. Uh, let's see. It has four line inputs and uh, FX returns, which you can be used to create different mixes and some mix minuses. It's got two stereo monitor outputs, two headphone outputs, two high-Z switchable uh FX loop sends I just talked about, and one high Z out to amp, which mirrors FX send two. And it has optical input uh, for either ADAT or SPDIF, and one coaxial SPDIF input. So it's got quite the. Um, oh, it also has a MIDI input output and uh, two foot switch inputs if you want to use that. So it has quite the uh, plethora of inputs and outputs. It can, be, it can probably manage a huge studio, and I think that's what, kind of what it's designed for, even though it's only, let me find the dimensions, it's only 4 by 11 by 9 inches and 6 pounds. So it's still kind of compact. It's sort of like having two Apollo twins next to each other, about that thickness and, uh, and width. So kind of like maybe like Audient ID22 size, but it sounds like it, but it's got double the inputs. That's yeah. pretty sick. Mm-hmm. So I messed around with it a bit. It also comes with this uh, MX, or excuse me, MBox control software, which allows you to do everything that you would on the actual unit inside the software. But the unit also has uh, a bunch of features that, uh, and buttons as well, including mute switches, phantom power, independent monitor and mic input dials. But all that can be controlled in the MBox control software as well. And you can also route 
any signal to any other signal inside the inbox control software, which is originally why I thought it would be great for doing this podcast, as well as playing back stuff for a, for a director or a client on a directed session, like we just talked about with what um, George and the Pro Audio Suite. Why can't I say that? Pro Audio Suite people are doing with the PAS. The only sticking point is that it's extremely complicated, and I have to say, much too complicated for me. And I don't want to say too complicated for Avid themselves, but I will say for for our specific use case, which for me is recording the podcast and being able to play back from the DAW down the line, that was a bit of a of a stumbling block for even the Avid engineers. I got on a Zoom session with an Avid engineer and the uh, and the marketing rep, and for forty five minutes we went through all of these ways to change the inputs in order to get playback from the DAW. And even they had some trouble with it. I mean, eventually we figured it out, but uh, I can't recreate it because it's too complicated for me. But <laughs> even after 45 minutes, or even with the engineer, it took 45 minutes to get to that point where we were able to get playback out of the DAW, down the line, out of the Mbox Studio. So it's a great product. I thank Avid for sending it to me. I don't think I'm going to keep it because it's a little too complicated for what I need. And to set up the, the loopback features, I think it's, it's still... It's still too complicated. So the one thing about the loopback features is that right now, it still only plays back on channels one and two, which is a limiting factor of pretty much every other interface that's out there. They did say that they're working on a firmware update that will that will fix that. But until then, I don't think it's going to be able to be used by me in order to do what I want to do with the podcast and directed sessions. Well, that's unfortunate. But if you're someone who is a huge fan of Avid Pro Tools and wanted, uh, and you like to... Or maybe you're coming off of, say, like the Apogee Ensemble. Maybe this is a unit that you could check out. Oh, it also comes with a, a full-fledged version of Pro Tools as a trial. I forget how long. I don't know if it's six months or a year. But not a pared down, a full-fledged Pro Tools. So that's a, that's wow. a plus as well. Price is $8.99, looks like right now, on retail. I was looking at a couple different retailers. So $8.99 if you want to get it, which is sort of in that same zone as as a couple other interfaces that have similar features, like the, like the, the, the Babyface baby Pro. Baby and, yes. Uh, so those, if you're looking for that level of interface with that level of control, definitely worth looking at. And uh, and I would recommend it for that. Awesome. Well, that wraps up this month's questionable gear purchases. We'll get into our interview with Scott Chambers right after these messages. In these modern times, every business needs a website. When you need a website for your voice acting business, there's only one place to go. Like the name says, voiceactorwebsites.com. Their experience in this niche webmaster market gives them the ability to quickly and easily get you from concept to live online in a much shorter time. When you contact voiceactorwebsites.com, their team of experts and designers really get to know you and what your needs are. They work with you to highlight what you do. Then they create an easily navigable website for your potential clients to get the big picture of who you are and how your voice is the one for them. Plus, voiceactorwebsites.com has other great resources like their practice script library and other resources to help your voiceover career flourish. Don't try it yourself. Go with the pros. VoiceActorWebsites.com, where your VO website shouldn't be a pain in the you-know-what. Hey, Paul, did you know Voice123, the largest online marketplace for voice actors, just celebrated its 20th year anniversary? Whoa, really? That's amazing. Doesn't really surprise me, though. 
I've used Voice123 since the beginning of my career. I remember way back in my first year where I booked a job as a hypnotist. I actually got to say, you are getting very sleepy on a radio ad. The whole thing was super easy. They even paid me right away for the audition and said that was all they needed. I've been a member of Voice123 for years as well. I've always enjoyed their upfront policies, ability to contact clients directly, and their commitment to the voiceover industry. Totally. CEO Rolf Veldman has appeared on the show before, and in every interaction I've had with him and the company, I've felt a sense of trust, like they really care. Well, if you want a great place to find your VO niche and find yourself as a voice actor, visit voice123.com for more information. Now, VO Meter listeners can also get 15% off premium tier memberships. For more information, visit our website and click on the Click Here to Save 15% banner on our sponsors page. Voice123, speak for yourself. How many times does this happen to you? You're listening to the radio when this commercial comes on. Not unlike this one, and this guy starts talking. Not unlike myself. Or maybe it's a woman that starts talking. Not unlike myself. And you think to yourself, geez, I could do that. Well, mister, well, missy, you just got one step closer to realizing your dream as a voiceover artist. Because now there's Global Voice Acting Academy. All the tools and straight-from-the-hip, honest information you need to get on a fast track to doing this commercial yourself. Well, not this one exactly. Classes, private coaching, webinars, home studio setup, marketing and branding help, members-only benefits like workouts, rate and negotiation advice, practice scripts, and more. All without the kind of hype you're listening to right now. Go ahead, take our jobs from us. We dare you. Speak for yourself, buddy. I like what I do. And you will, too, when you're learning your craft at Global Voice Acting Academy. Find us at globalvoiceacademy.com. Because you like to have fun. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the interview portion of this episode of the VO Meter. We're pleased today to be joined by Scott Chambers. Now, after a successful run in syndicated radio and television, Scott left it behind for a career in voiceover. He's lent his voice to some of the most trusted global brands, including AT&T, Burger King, Budweiser, Coca-Cola, Domino's, ESPN, ING Group, Polaris, United Airlines, and more. In addition to commercials, he specializes in radio imaging and promos. He can be heard on a number of radio stations in North America as the imaging and promo voice. Scott is also an accomplished live announcer and host. Event clients include Geico, NASCAR, the International Motorsports Hall of Fame, United Airlines, NGPA, and others. He is a familiar face and voice in the voiceover industry, serving as a host or presenter at voiceover conferences like VO Atlanta and One Voice Conference in Dallas. Living far outside of major hubs like L.A. and New York, Scott prefers to take the small-town, big-career approach. With 12 years as a full-time voice actor behind him, he enjoys helping others realize that a successful career can be carved out in a quote-unquote flyover state. Scott resides in Perdido Key, Florida, and in his spare time, he enjoys spending time with family, flying airplanes, boating, relaxing on the beach, and travel. To learn more, visit www.scottchambersvo.com. All right, I guess we're done. We got it all out in the, in, in the intro. <laughs> Bye. Thank you, Scott Chambers, for being here. Welcome to the Thank show. <laughs> What's up, guys? Man, you know, I, I, hearing the bio, it's like, dang, that, that guy sounds important, but what a I, jerk. Uh, I'm so accomplished. <laughs> What a jerk. It's like you read the whole bio. I I sound like a horrible person now. It's well-deserved. Absolutely, man. How you doing? 
Man, I'm good, gentlemen. It's so good to be with both of you. Um, I've known both of you for about 10 years, I guess, and I love the podcast, but it's the first time I've been on, so I'm a little nervous. I can't believe... Well, you're doing fine, bud. You're doing fine. You you handled the ribbing. That's that's oh. part of the process. Like, you can, you're doing fine. So tell us, bud, how did you become a, vo- or a voice talent in the first place? How'd you get started? Man, I, I stumbled into this. I You know, so many people... <laughs> It's so weird through all of the years working at VO Atlanta, hosting that event and being at other conferences, you know, I meet people and they're like, I really want to get into VO. I've always heard about voiceover and I've never really known how to get into like I had heard about it, but I didn't want anything to do with it. My mom tried to get me to go into voiceover when I was 19. She's like, you really should consider maybe voiceover. And I was like, I want to be a radio star. (laughs) You know, I I wanted to go the radio and television route. That's where I wanted to go. And I had no no desire whatsoever to to do voiceover. Um, I was doing a nationally syndicated radio show. This guy contacts me and asks me to do a commercial for his auto dealership. He was already buying advertising and some other person was voicing it. But he's like, I want you to voice my commercials. And I was like, look, man, you, you know, you're contacting me at home outside of hours of the radio show. You'll have to pay me. You'll still have to contact the uh, ad executive and buy the time, but you're going to have to pay me separately to record it at my house. I had the capabilities. I didn't have a, a really full studio at the time, but I was like, I can do it. So I threw this ridiculous number out because I just didn't really want to deal with the guy. And without hesitation, he's like, yeah, perfect. <laughs> I'm like, oh, boy, <laughs> I've got work to do. And so I did his commercial and he really liked it. And then he sent some more the next week and I did those. Then he recommended me to a friend of his who had 10 auto dealerships. And before I know it, I had 11 auto dealerships lined up I was doing commercials for. So I, I stumbled into this completely in the dark and, and, and never had a desire to really work in automotive voiceover. It was just happening at the time. And so my contract was coming to a close in syndicated radio and after about a year of doing voiceover, I had started branching out too, and I reached out to some ad agencies, was doing some commercials. I was making more money doing voiceover than I was with a syndicated radio show. And so I told my co-host, I'm done. I was like, I'm not going to renew. I, I think I can stay at home in pajamas all day and, and make a living. And so I'm going to try it. And so I did. And here we are uh, 12 years later. So as you might know from listening, a lot of our listeners are newbies, quote unquote, So since you found success early, did you find that that sort of kept going or did you hit a wall and then realize you had to go back and do some of the more traditional training and and building up of your demos like most people do when they start the career? Paul, I hit a brick wall at 90 miles an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I did. I I hit that brick wall because what was working for me at the time, I mean, I had a really good income with a syndicated show. And these guys really liked me because I was the host of the show. So, you know, they they were paying me to continue doing their spots. And I just thought it was going to be that easy with everyone. So I'm like, hey, this is going to be great. Um, I left the show. And in my very first year when I went out full time, I had done it part time for a couple of years. But my first year full time, dude, I made twenty seven thousand dollars. I thought I was going to starve to death. I did. I I (laughs) literally hit a brick wall. And uh, the very next year, I went to a voiceover conference, and then it just all started making sense. I'm like, ah, that's what I'm doing wrong. Okay, this makes sense. And then I put two and two together and quickly started doing more training and 
And then things started working out in my favor. And then that that third year, my income just ramped right back up to where it was before I went full time. And it's it's done fairly well ever since. That's awesome story. And I hear that, like, I mean, it's true for me. I'm sure it's true for Paul and a lot of our listeners as well. Like, sometimes you get a lucky break and then you're like, ah, things will always be this good. And that's rarely the case. But I'm curious, Scott, how did you go from attending voiceover conferences to being sort of the de facto presenter at them? Um, I just stayed in the lobby and and they had to try to kick me out. And I'm like, hey, while you're kicking me out, I want to get hired. No, Um, I have worked in television and uh, also radio. And Gerald Griffith, who was the founder of VO Atlanta, knew that. And he and I had talked about it. And he he had a vision of doing some streaming uh, on his platform. And he's like, why don't you do the on-camera stuff, the, the hosting, and, and talk with the viewers who are watching the streaming? And so we worked that out. And so in year two, I started doing the hosting for what at the time was called VO Atlanta TV. And I would run around interviewing guy, you know, panelists and speakers and presenters and attendees. And it just kind of grew from there. And so um, I've been back at the party every year, just finished my ninth year as a host. Uh, well, this year was co-host with my good friend, AJ McKay. And so we did that. That was my ninth year run in, of doing that. So that That's grew crazy. from just I a thought- conversation. That's amazing. And like, I thought you had coming up on a decade now. Congratulations. Yeah, that's that's hard to believe. I'm getting old, Sean. That's all it means. <laughs> we all are, buddy. It's okay. <laughs> Time p- passes on for all of us. So in addition to live hosting, as we talked about in the bio, you've done a lot of promo and imaging for for stations across North, all across North America. How did that come about? And is that something you still focus on or have you branched out into other genres? Yeah, absolutely focus on it. Uh, Primarily, that's pretty much what I do, actually. Uh, I mentioned I stumbled into voiceover through auto stuff, and and that was back in like 2012, 2011, back when, you know, you had your screaming automotive spots. uh, Do you have a job at $99? You know, I was doing that, and and it wasn't fun. It hurt my voice because I don't have that voice for that. This guy just wanted me to do his stuff. So I quickly knew I wanted to get away, and and I'll never forget, there was a conversation I had at my very first VO Atlanta, met Mr. Dave Fenoy, who is just a, a legend and a genius and a wonderful human being, and I told him, I really don't enjoy doing what I'm doing. I, I'm in voiceover, but I don't enjoy doing what I'm doing, and he's like, find what you love, and, and I took those words to heart, and, and at that same conference, Joe Cipriano had been speaking, and I knew he did promo and radio imaging, and I just put it all together on my drive home, and I was like, you know, I have these connections in radio, and I have connections in television. Let's use them. I didn't have a demo or anything for radio imaging, but I had worked in broadcasting, um, not only as an on-air guy, but I had worked in management and as a buyer for radio imaging. So I knew what radio imaging was. I knew the sound. So I just started reaching out to clients, or, or not clients, but previous co-workers who were in that buying power position at the time and said, hey, look, you know, I'm doing voiceover now. If you need a voice as your radio imaging uh, guy, let me know. And the very first guy I contacted said, well, as a matter of fact, our voice is in some bad health. He's going to be retiring. Yeah. He's like, "Um, just record something with our call letters and send it to me. And so I just put together something super fast, emailed him, and he let some people at his station listen to it. And the rest was history with them. 
took off, got my first station. They ended up putting me on four of their other corporate owned stations. And before I knew it, I was up to like 12 radio stations before I ever had any demo or anything. And I did that by using the contacts that I had made over the years in my broadcasting career. So if voiceover is, it's a relationship business. If, if you have those relationships, you know, prey on them. As I like to say, prey on every single person you know. Make them hire you. Um, that That's what I did. And so, yeah, got into the radio imaging side of things, and, and that's still pretty much my, my driver. I do a lot of commercial work, too, and I've started doing some promo here and there. Um, I'm not a network promo voice guy by any means at all. I, I've been lucky enough to do some work for ESPN's SEC Network, and, and that's been a lot of fun. I love football and love college football especially so getting to do some promos on that network has been cool but primarily radio imaging commercial and uh, some promo that's my that's what i do awesome let's talk about those genres a little bit more because you're mentioning you like you really kind of narrowed in on the ones you liked and and tried to move away from the ones you didn't so kind of a two-part question what is it about these genres that you like what how would you describe the style and what do you think kind of makes you unique as a voice talent? Like why? Um, aside like, from height. What's aside from height? Yes. <laughs> what's your unique <laughs> selling point aside from height and in just your charismatic networking nature? Wow. I, you know what? What sets me apart? Oh God! No one's ever asked me that question. Can I just call it quits? We're done. It was fun, guys. <laughs> I'm <Wow>. sure. <laughs> I didn't mean to surprise you, but you got this, bud. Just give it a give it a sec. Like what? What? Like I mean, it, it can be difficult to articulate the secrets of our own success, but I, I you seem like you might have an idea. No, it, it's a it's an easy answer for me. Um, it's something I really enjoy doing. So I, I feel like I can give good quality work. Um, and, and I think what sets me apart there is I did spend time as, as a buyer. I've been on both sides of it from the radio imaging standpoint. So a client, when they send me a page of copy, I can instantly look at it and those words jump off the paper to me. And I'm like, ah, I know what they're going for. I, I know I see their vision for this promo because I come from that creative background where I used to write those things all the time for stations. So I'm able to go into the booth and, and just you know hit record and, and put something magical out, or at least in my mind, it's magical. They may think it's garbage, but they keep paying me retainer. So apparently it's not garbage. <laughs> um, but but yeah, it's working in a genre you love. I think it's really important. You know, I do a lot of commercial work, but I'll be honest, commercial is not really my my favorite thing to do. Um, I, I debated whether I ever admit that or not, because I do a good bit of commercial work and I have agents that get me commercial work. And I, I don't want them to know that I, I dislike it because I don't dislike it. It's just probably my least favorite with radio imaging and doing promo type stuff, you, especially radio imaging, there's a little bit more freedom there. You can, you can work off the cuff. You can ad lib a lot. And I had a theater background. I did improv. And so that's something I can really enjoy. Sure, there's the words on the paper that we've got to get out, you know, to hit in their promos. But sometimes I can just say something just batshit crazy off the wall and they might leave it in and put it in a promo or at least get a good laugh out of it. That, that's not something I can do in a commercial session. So that's what I really love about radio imaging is I can just be myself and just have fun, let, you know, cut loose. Great response. Love it. You bring up a good point. And it's, it's something I wanted to ask you, even if you hadn't brought it up yourself. But in person, you have this sort of effervescent personality 
And you might, you're a bit of a goofball, honestly, <laughs> which I think is a good thing. And we have just the best time when we're together at, at Bio Atlanta yeah. or One Voice. And that probably comes out in the promo and imaging. So at the last Bio Atlanta, I attended a number of sessions that talked about bringing those same sort of personalities to your auditions. Now, it might not get into the directed session, like you were saying. But the, a couple of the presenters were saying that if you bring that stuff, those off-the-cuff remarks, even crazy snortles or, or, or chortles or snorts when you're sort of chuckling or laughing, that can help with an audition. Have you found that to be the case with commercial work? Or do you think it's more buttoned up and, and tightened that you really can't do that? Yeah, to me, commercial work is more buttoned up than the radio imaging side of things. But yeah, I, I do think that when you're doing an audition, I, I usually like to give them something different than what's on the paper, uh, simply because of the fact when we get the script, you know, a casting director is going to hear that from maybe 20, maybe 220 or 2,020 talent. So you're going to want something different to stand out. And so I usually try to do something like that. And, and I found that it's helped me book commercial work by offering something just a little bit different than what the next guy's doing or the next lady's doing uh, because they're just simply reading the script that's on the paper. You know, how, how do you stand out when, sure, there, there's a lot of voices that sound good. That, that's cool. It, but it's how it's performed. That's what gets you hired. So if you're going to stand out, do, do something to stand out. At least it's worked for me. Brilliant. So speaking of standing out, I mean, right now, like, it sounds like you're killing it in your business today. But let's talk about the uncertain future of the voiceover industry with things like automation and AI and, and the radio industry itself changing so much and having to adapt to to maintain a career in it. And, and like we said before we recorded, there's there's no right answers here. We're all just guessing and predicting here. But what do you think the the future of the, say, radio imaging or voiceover in general will look like in the next five, ten years? It's scary. It's it's definitely scary. AI, I used to say, I'm not worried about AI. It, it's a computer sounding voice like this from the YouTube videos that will tell you how about insurance. It's like mm -hmm. pronounced all kind of crazy with 18 syllables. And I'm like, there's no way. Oh, my gosh. Was I wrong? You know, here we are five years later and, and it's expanded so much. The voices sound insanely brilliant now. And in five more years, I, I think an AI voice could be replacing me in a, in a podcast interview. It's, it, it's crazy how good it is. So it is a little bit scary, I think, for commercial voice actors I think for audiobook narrators, that's something that they should be probably worried about. And even for radio imaging, I think AI will eventually have a place there. But with radio stations, one reason I'm not particularly worried right now, the radio industry has seen so many cutbacks over the years. Morning shows are getting fired. Afternoon shows are getting fired. A lot of radio stations are really using radio imaging as their driver to connect their station to listeners some stations are going jockless they have no talent and so it's all about that imaging voice you're talking about a voice that plays 24 hours a day before every song after every song going into every stop set and so i think ai voices probably would not be a good fit for that so still having a, a real human that can kind of have that connection I think it's, you know, not going to be as a big a factor in radio imaging. I, I still think humans will have that connection. So I think for that side of the industry, I think it's probably a little bit safer right now. But again, we're all in danger because of AI. 
Yeah, some of that information, I think, you're pulling from that panel that you were a member of at Vio Atlanta, where they said sort of the same thing, that imaging is the voice of the station now and is more important than ever. I kind of hope that there's the same backlash toward the uh, the voice tracking and replacing of DJs, because I really still like listening to local DJs. I mean, yeah. uh, I am a dinosaur, but... I still like it a lot. <laughs> it might be because most of the time they're people I know <laughs> or, excuse right. me, or went to school with, so I like listening to them. But I think as there's more backlash towards the uncanny valley of AI, people will sort of yearn for those human voices and go back to them. At least that's my hope. I think those of us that are millennials going forward, I, you know, Gen Z, I think they're so used to the AI voices that are on YouTube and Snapchat and, and, and all of the social media networks. They're really, you know, programmed to it. They're they're fine with it. But those of us that are a little older millennials and then Gen X and then so forth, like we want that human connection, much like local radio talent. You know, we want to hear what Bob's talking about uh, with a farm report or whatever. You know, we, we mm-hmm. want to hear that that hyper local stuff. And so I think, you know, that can never be replaced by AI. They're trying it. There's an AI company producing radio talent now, and it's horrible. Um, but yeah, so I think just that human connection is is a valuable thing. And that's why I really firmly believe in my voiceover career and making these connections with not only casting directors, but companies that I'm working with. And, and I continuously follow up with them just to make sure, you know, hey, things are good. They know that I'm out there. I'm still alive. And AI voice will not be doing that. They're not going to send them an email. Hey, how was that spring trip to Cancun? You know, how was the boating trip? How, how was Johnny's graduation? AI voices don't do that. And, and that's something I really pride myself in doing is keeping those relationships alive. And, and, you know, Toma, top of mind awareness. And so hopefully they'll keep coming back to me versus AI. That's great. I mean, like, if you think about it, like, radio has been historically so important to the history of voiceover, you know, and so many people of all of across generations have had these huge emotional attachments to it. Maybe they heard their first songs or found their first favorite band or they really gelled with a personality like, I mean, I still love Casey Kasem from back on like the top 40s, you know? So I, I, I would hate for the human element to become lost in, in radio imaging and in voiceover in general. Yeah, same. It, it would be really sad because um, my bank account would have less money in it. Hmm. Um, and two, <laughs> my heart wallet. <laughs> right. And two, it would just be a boring existence, right? You know, listening to computers all the time. That's kind of boring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So shifting gears a bit, Scott, Sean and I know that you're a gearhead and we are total gearheads, as you might know from all the, the microphones right. we've tried out. Let's talk a little bit about your studio. What are you currently rocking in your booth? Um, so right now I'm on a Sennheiser MKH416. That's my favorite go-to mic, uh, shotgun microphone I use for uh, radio imaging. And originally it was going to be just my mic for doing imaging and promo work. And I was like, okay, I've got the TLM103 I use for commercial work. But over time, I just started leaving my 416 up and using it every day. And so I primarily use this for everything I do, whether it's imaging, promo, commercial, or an explainer. I just really love using this microphone. It's a tank. It's what I use in the booth. It's what I use to travel with. It pairs really well with my um, Universal Audio uh, Solo uh, for the road. So yeah, that's that's what I'm using every day. And they just happen to be a sponsor of the show. So we thank you for mentioning Sennheiser. <laughs> <laughs> How about your recording Great space? Year. Do you have a full booth at home or do you record in an open area? Yeah, so, um, well, the answer is yes on both. 
I just recently did a complete renovation. I, I went through almost a 12-month process of having a new studio, a room within a room built, uh, which is because I had that before I moved to Florida. About five years ago, I moved to the beach. I'm a beach guy, and I wanted to find a, a place on the beach. And so I did, and and I sold my home in northeast Alabama near Birmingham, and that meant saying goodbye to my room-within-a-room booth. Um, and so I got a whisper room and I knew that I would need it when, whenever I landed somewhere and I found a, a great home on Perdido Key, Florida. And I was looking at it with just wide open angled boaters eyes. Uh, I love the sand. I love the beach. I was buying it as just someone that was in love with the beach. And I completely disregarded the fact of all of the jets flying over <laughs> while I was looking at this house. Oh, no. The, the, the home sits on Perdido Key, Florida, which is right outside of Pensacola Beach, Florida, oh, which is home to base. the NAS Pensacola, home of the U.S. Navy Blue Angels. Yep. And so I have F-18 Super Hornets flying over my house at 500 feet multiple times a day the blues practice on tuesdays and wednesdays between 10 a.m and 12 p.m i've got the schedule down <laughs> and so i'm like yeah i i've got to have that booth and then pray a lot you know oh man but, but yeah. surprisingly that booth worked fairly well um it, it i never had a, an, an interrupted session at all the time i was in the whisper room but but i decided i really wanted to to build it right and so i built a, a studio it's a room within a room. I had the specs sent to the contractors and, and we went back and forth. They told me I was an idiot, that it was overkill. Was I planning on murdering people in this room? Like, why did I need it? I mean, the, the, they really did not understand what I needed. And so I was really skeptical at first when the thing was built. So I actually had the whisper room put inside the room within a room just in case like something didn't work. I was afraid a jet's going to come over and it's going to ruin things. So let's put the booth in for a little while haven't used the booth one time uh it's it's been a really great sounding space got some amazing panels up and it's just uh thanks to audio acoustica i have wonderful panels throughout the, the studio and i'm about to put some in front of me i just changed it around and i'm afraid there's a slight echo today uh because i just changed the, the the room around a little bit i hear it um, a bit and it, just just a little bit right yeah and plus i have this massive monitor in front of me that's curved and so there's there's the slight echo uh but yeah so i've got a room within a room because I'm a little claustrophobic, so it, it's nice to not be locked in a booth when you're six foot seven. I like mm -hmm. to have that motion and movement. I've got a, a sit stand desk. I can, you know, either stand or sit. And yeah, I just like that freedom of having a room. Brilliant. No, I mean, we, a lot of us, like we all aspire to that. And I'm a huge proponent for, for ergonomics because I've, I've gone from using like a little foam box like in my kitchen to, to an actual room. And it just makes all the difference in your performance is being able to stand up, have your arms outstretched, big gestures. It's uh, congratulations on having your space. Yeah, it's a really good feeling, Sean. It's 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 a great feeling because of, of accomplishment, really. Not not that I did anything. I mean, contractors did the work. Um, I just put things down on paper. You had the but vision. It, I had the vision, and it feels so good, man, just to walk in and, and have a space. As a creative person, I feel like when you have a really well-defined space, you're more productive, or at least I am. And Absolutely. so by, by having that, it keeps me way more productive every single day well speaking of accomplishments scott you finally made it onto the vo meter podcast 
<laughs> After all these years, we appreciate you being on. Before you go, how can folks find you or reach you if they want to hire or work with you? Uh, website is scottchambersvo.com. Really easy to find there. Uh, but I'm also fairly active on Instagram. It's Scott Chambers VO on Instagram. On Twitter, I'm just at Scott Chambers. I don't post a lot of stuff on social media. I, I'm just on there scanning and perusing. So if you want to friend me or ask me questions, feel free to. I don't post about my work. I like rarely ever. Um, I'm actually a fairly quiet person. You, you mentioned that that I'm a goofball earlier, which is true. I love to have fun. And anytime, uh, Sean, uh, that Paul and I are together, we're, we're going to be ribbing each other and, ha and having fun. Uh, but honestly, I'm a fairly quiet person. I, I pop my head out at a conference twice a year, VO Atlanta, One Voice. Otherwise, most people don't ever hear from me. Um, but, but I'm there. I'm reading what everyone else is posting. So friend me, want to message me. It's really easy to do. Awesome. Thanks so much, Scott. So before you go, I mean, you've already given us some great golden nuggets as far as preying on your clients and things like that. <laughs> but is there any other advice that you want to give to people aspiring to join the voiceover industry? Yeah, find find a good coach. Find someone you gel with that that sees your vision where you want to go. And also one other piece is find something that you're good at just because maybe you like watching anime and doesn't necessarily, and I'm not an animation voice, so I'm really speaking outside of my realm. Um, maybe you love commercials. Maybe you like watching commercials on TV, right? Uh, but doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a really good uh, commercial voice until you work with a good commercial coach. But but also find a genre that, that you know a lot about and it, it makes it easier to work in. One of the things I, I do a lot of is, is I do a lot of explainer stuff, too, uh, for aviation companies because I'm a pilot and I love flying airplanes. I know a lot about it. So I just found another genre of voiceover I could work in because I knew something about it. So find something you know and, and go with the things you know because you can usually do it fairly well. But coach, definitely coach for that genre. That's so important. If you need some recommendations... A good coach has probably been a guest on this podcast at one point or another. Now we're approaching 100 episodes. Yeah, there, there's been quite a few really good coaches on this podcast. Awesome, Scott. It's been so great catching up. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Man, Sean, uh, Paul, it's it's been awesome. Thank you so much for finally having me on. I, I felt like I was I was forever going to be banned from this podcast, but you finally sent the invite, and I didn't believe it was real at first, but it's been a pleasure to be here with you guys. Yep, straight from the guest list to the blacklist, but it's been a pleasure. <laughs> it's been a pleasure, Scott. <laughs> Walgreens, because it's flu season, and you live in a place with doorknobs and handrails and, you know, people. We tried booking a vacation rental on one of those other websites. They don't always tell you everything. The stars take it to the red carpet. We are back live from the red carpet. California leads the way for change in America, and so does Kamala Harris. Rated M for Mature. Claire Redfield. And who exactly are you? So, yeah, what hashtag should I use to describe a grown man in a tuxedo wrestling a goat? And prior to 1933, many of them belonged to a variety of political parties that were now outlawed in Germany. This is the story of how Q got curly. Quinn was crazy about curls. Curly fries, curly straws, curly-haired dogs. Hey, Jay Michael here. Thanks for listening to the VO Meter Podcast. It's one of my favorites. If you're looking for a great demo like the ones you just heard, check out jmcdemos.com for more information. 
Studio Bricks designs and creates the highest performing portable sound isolation booths. Their professionally perfected acoustics enhances your performance and takes your recording to their maximum quality from your home studio. Forget about managing noise conflicts with your neighbors and family. Pursue your passion for voiceover on your own time and on your own terms. And we're back. So thanks to Scott for coming on the podcast. We were teasing about how we've never had him on the podcast after all these years. I didn't realize he was serious most of the time when he was talking about that. He would sort of rib me every time I saw him either in in person or online and say, hey, when are you going to have me on the podcast? I kind of thought he was kidding. But then mm-hmm. at VO Atlanta, I realized he was also kind of serious. So that's why immediately I wanted to get him as the first guest after VO Atlanta, and I'm glad we did. Yeah, me too. It's not like we never wanted to. He's just busy, hard to guy to bang down. But it was great having you on the podcast finally, Scott. So that wraps up this episode of the VO Meter. Measuring your voice over progress. Coming up, we will have a review in questionable gear purchases of the Sennheiser Profile Mic. It's this really cool unit, or combo unit, actually, that they sent me and are working on sending Sean. Looks like we might have had some issues with the mail. It's, it comes with a, a fantastic boom arm, and it's a USB-powered mic that they are aiming at the streaming market and and uh, live casting market, but I think it'll work well for voiceover, too. Remains to be seen, but we'll have a full review in the next episode. Yeah, it has a very slim profile, hence the name, and it looks like it seems to be incorporating the um, a lot of the analog technology of their Sennheiser MK4 uh, microphone, which is a very popular entry-level condenser mic, so I'm really excited to try this guy out. Yeah, me too. If it has those features, then it's definitely usable for, for voiceover, and we'll find out together. All right. So that'll be for next episode. You'll hear us then. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of the VO Meter. To follow along, visit us at www.vometer.com. We'd also love to hear your comments or suggestions for the show. Or if you have a questionable gear purchase, tell us all about it on our Facebook page or on Twitter at the VO Meter. 